Attention all Dungeons & Dragons fans. KOSU has the podcast for you. Red Dirt D&D brings you the world's greatest role-playing game, along with music and sound effects like a classic radio show. New shows drop every Wednesday, are totally free, and short enough to fit into your daily commute or working out at the gym. Red Dirt D&D can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as KOSU.org, or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Geekscant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, the host. Joining me this evening is the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Since Troy is not here, Yodley. hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good weekend. Um, we're uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, and I have just gotten back from a convention here in Kansas City. And uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of things just in brief. And then we will dive into our topic for the evening, which is called what's in the TTRPG queue or what's in the queue, what's in the box. Um, And we're going to talk about the RPGs that we haven't played yet, but we are like intending to very soon, right? Like that's the agenda, like the what's on the top of the list for getting into it. Um, there's a lot of things to choose from. So we kind of narrowed it down to a few and we're going to talk about what, why, what we picked, why we picked it and you know what the objective is there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so real quick, uh, let's talk about John, let's, let's start. You and I both have had some interesting stuff happen over the last week. Uh, one of the things I'm curious about, and these are just more, these aren't going to be long at all, but just little kind of uh, vignettes of a note. Um, John, you said that you've been introducing your new son-in-law to D D at large i have and i thought he that had might his be chance in... yeah go ahead yeah so i my my oldest just got married and my new son slash son-in-law uh has been uh has been playing in my regular curse of strahd campaign for the last month-ish a little maybe a little over a month uh at first you could probably accuse him of you know not sucking up to mm-hmm. the father-in-law to be but like just buttering me up a little bit you could probably you could you could maybe accuse him of that because he did say well you know he at least feigned interest yeah in D and asked me a lot of questions about it and so i finally got to the point where well i mean i'll i'll invite him to a game and see if he enjoys it or not and uh he was super super into it but now at this point he's had his chance to kind of push away from it and, yeah. Just, and politely yeah. okay yeah. well I did, I did that that bit that's good now then I uh, I uh, I offered it up to him again, and he uh, said we're running through the Curse of Strahd campaign with some of my my, my Friday game uh, members. And uh, what's interesting about it is he has played a lot of fantasy RPGs. Like he loves MMOs. He played a lot of World of Warcraft. He's played a lot of other stuff too. So some of this is like understanding the differences between the video game and a TTRPG mm-hmm. and how much more you can do in a role-playing game at the table than you can in a video game, which has these like very, your power is your power. And that's all you can really do with it. If your character can only do these things that are pre-programmed, these button clicks and that's it. Right. And yeah. as much as there's like a, a, a narrative stake that you have in a video game, there's so much more agency that you have 
in how you you behave and how your behavior as a character uh, influences the story, right? So he's picking mm-hmm. up on a lot of that. Um, I'll tell you what, he's taking to it like a fish out of water or in water, I should say. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's really picked it up really really quickly, and he seems to really really enjoy it. And but I think yeah. what's happened is uh, he and Gabriel have kind of teamed up together mm. in their stories, which I thought was really interesting. Not only their stories, but in their like their, their characters are really aligned towards one another. Yeah, I've got a total of seven people at the table right now, which is probably wow. one of the biggest cool. one of the, the one of the biggest regular games that I've had in a while. Yeah, and so I've got my four or five older guys that I know my high school buddies and a couple of friends from here in town and uh, Gabriel's Godfather's playing too. So it's kind of like an older crowd. And then the two young bucks in Gabriel and Jonathan running a game or in the game together. So I knew that they would kind of gravitate towards one another anyway, mm-hmm. but it's, it's funny to see the way that their, their character dynamic is and how Jonathan has already, his character is already kind of like the, uh, the sidekick to mm. gabriel's character in that you know gabriel has been playing longer and so jo- jonathan tends to uh to like you know like let gabriel kind of run like or decide how things are going to go and then he kind of just picks it up yeah but what's funny is as every session goes by there's more and more where jonathan's like you are behaving like a 19 year old playing a character for sure and I think I'm going to play mine like a 25 year old man playing a character instead. <laughs> so you, you can what? kind of see where there's like a, it's not friction necessarily, but you can kind of like start to see there. They, he's starting to develop a play style. Yeah. And his character. It's really what cool. Craig's asking, and that's an um, interest to what, what class did he choose for? His, yeah. He went with he... Druid. He went with wow. moon, with a, with a moon Druid. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, like, why not? He gets to turn into a bear, a mouse, a badger, yeah. all this cool stuff. It's it's hard not to. And again, he, there's like a he relates a lot of it to World of Warcraft. Yeah. So, like, so in his yeah. head, oh, well, I can play a druid. Yeah, I know how druids sense. work. They transform yeah. into this thing, and they can cast magic, and they heal. And so yeah. for him, in his head, he's like, and I tried to explain that, like the sub- way the subclasses kind of work is like the different trees. Yeah, in in, uh, exactly. in World of Warcraft, so you pick yep. this class of class, and it's kind of like they are really good at this kind of thing, yeah. and so on and so forth, which is cool because since I've played a lot of WoW in the past, yeah, you know I the can, language, yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. easy for me to like to connect the dots uh, well, for cool. him and help him out with it. It's been great. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, uh, you'll have to keep us up to date uh, as uh, you know, give us some updates from time to time because that'll be it's fun to hear. Yeah, um, which that kind of goes into what I was going to briefly mention, which is. Um, I went to a, a new con this year, um, this weekend called Meeple-a-thon, Meeple-a-thon here in Kansas City. So, you know, maybe like 600 people or so had a little booth. Um, and I took my son one one day and I took my daughter today. Um, and it just so happened with my son, he, you know, he's, um, he's 10, Sherlock is 10. And um, he was... Yeah, you're there for eight hours working a booth in a corner. Yeah, meatball, meeple, M-E-E-P-L-E. Sorry, uh, meeple, like the little tokens. I am also. I suddenly in got really meeple, excited to go to this thing instead. Yeah, you know meeple what? I just changed my rolling. mind. Yeah. Um, no. Um, so my son, uh, who's ten, um, I could like I knew that he was gonna be antsy if he had to sit at a booth for eight hours, right? So we got there and I'm like flipping through the events 
and I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice if he could, you know, play a game or whatever. And I saw that there's they were doing an epic D and D AL epic there. Which one? And, um, so here's what's crazy. It was the Port Nianzaru Tomb of Annihilation Lord epic with like the the uh dino racing and mm-hmm. more all the, i don't know that it was the dino racing one but it's the one where they're like you tame dinos and yada 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 right and so um anyhow i signed him up for that and then i messaged my brother-in-laws and i was like hey do one of you want to come play with them and one of them did so they got to play an epic first time either my brother-in-law or sherlock had played in an epic of course and um they had a good time i think there were five tables tier one and tier two Mm. um and it was a good it was a good you know good run um sherlock decided he was going to take on a dinosaur mono mono with his wizard character and uh almost got destroyed i guess uh so that was that was kind of the hallmark was he likes playing wizards but he also loves being the champion fighter in his mind Right. Like he needs to be the Gandalf, but he really wants to be the Gandalf. It's like, I need a glam drink in my hand so I can swing yeah. a sword and smash their or, face or, in. You know, or like um, he, he, he imagines, I think the wizard is Harry Potter because he loves Harry Potter. And mm. so like, of course, Harry's going to go fight the whatever, right? Or tame the, the basilisk whatever. or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, in this game, you have eight hit points and and no armor. They don't really so. go into how squishy Harry actually really, really is in this right. in the movies or the books. Do yeah. They? Yeah. So anyhow, that was that was cool. He got to do that. And my daughter had a really cool experience. And this is what I was going to highlight best. Really good for the for the whole show, which was um, we're sitting at the booth this this morning and um, we're in the RPG hall. Right. Our booth is in the RPG room where all the games are being played. And this guy is setting up his D&D game like 20 feet away from me at his table. Right. It's the closest table to us. And he comes up. He's like, hey, can I give her something? And Zoe's eight, right? And um, uh, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. He says, here's an invitation. And he handed her a ticket to the Witchlight Carnival. Oh, nice. He's like, you're invited to the Witchlight Carnival um, if you would like to play. And she's like, what is... She She had no idea what was going on, right? She's like, I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, they're playing D&D. They're playing like the carnival piece of that mm-hmm. whole Witchlight campaign right and um, he's like yeah we're gonna play for four hours um and if she wants to play if you know if if that's something you're welcome to let her play so um anyhow which was very nice of him to offer um so zoe was like when he left he's like she's like nope not gonna happen these are strangers (laughs) right like i'm not gonna do that but i could tell that she is kind of interested right so Mm. um, a few minutes later i'm like why don't we go over there and just talk to him and just see what's going on. So we went over it. He told her a little bit about witch light and you're going to be hunting for unicorn horns, trying to like, you know, uh, you know, protect Entice this her. fairy. This Do you like, you like unicorns, don't unicorns you? Unicorns and fairies. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, that sounds, she told him, she's like, that sounds interesting. And then he, he had this great sheet with all of the pregens listed on it with like details about them. And um, he kind of walked her through that. And she's like, Okay, and she he had all the maps and the handouts and you know all that kind of fun stuff, right? Um, and so uh, we went back. To, I, I said, "Well, she'll think about it, and we'll come back in a few minutes." And we we left, and I said, "Do you want to see who else shows up to that table?" She said, "Yeah." Well, it ended up that the only other people that showed up to that table were a mom and dad and their maybe twelve year old son. 
And so I'm like, all right, well, do you want to go play with them? And she's like, yeah, that's that sounds cool. Anyhow, so the, just the, this husband and wife and their their kid and my kid sat down at this table. Gosh darn it, if that guy didn't keep them entertained and on track for four hours, John. That's awesome. I was I was impressed. Um, uh, uh, you know, you know how hard it is with kids in general. Oh my keep, God, yes. And then for four hours with an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old or roughly – Um, but you know, Zoe's good. She, she does her math. Well, she's very good at math. She's very good at reading. She's played, she understands D and D to an extent. And here's the crazy thing though. All right. I want to, I want to chat to be blown away here (laughs) that he had made sixth level pregens. Oh my Lord. For this carnival. So she was playing a halfling rogue at sixth level. And I was like, "That's wild." All right, cool. So, Wait, for the was this for the AL? It was for a Looks little. Like, it wasn't it first... really an A. I mean, it was an AL adventure, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't an official AL game. I don't think he was on as an AL game. I think he was just calling it like which like carnival or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, com- I commend that fellow. I did commend that fellow. I talked to him afterwards, but he he did a exemplary job and my both my kids got really good D games this weekend so that's awesome thanks to meeple-a-thon for uh for hosting so and did did mom get rest and relaxation back she at the did. house she did all sorts of things yeah she oh she, she was shopping and cupcake tickled. making and christmas ornament making and all sorts of crazy stuff so that's awesome yeah. man. so anyhow we, we don't have to spend any more time on that but we thought those were some fun anecdotes for for chat all right, so we'll give a break. Let's take a break here just real quick in the podcast so that um, we can insert an, uh, a little word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right, so the main topic for the evening is going to be a fun one. Um, we had a different topic in mind, and then we decided to hold off when Troy couldn't make it. Um, so we're going to talk about what's in the queue. This is an, uh, The topic idea came about because I think, John, you and I are both like – really excited and itching to play certain games for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And so we thought it'd be fun to like talk about, you know, we, we talk about different RPGs a lot on our show, but, and, and, and in passing, we probably mentioned some of these games, but it's, you know, it's worth mentioning like, Hey, what, what are we excited about? And maybe, maybe there's people in chat that are also excited. And then lo and behold, maybe a game will form at some point through all of this, but you and I have both picked our top three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, top three. And we're just going to walk through those. Um, and I think I heard you say you're going to run through maybe a couple honorable mentions at the end. Yeah, just um, one or two. Yeah. So that's going to be the rate chat. If you have some that that are on your to-do list, that'd be cool too. Um, we'll, we'll definitely chat about those. But um, this is going to be the RPG to-do list or the RPG queue. John, you want to start us off? What's you don't have to necessarily go in order because that's a little weird, you know, a little hard sometimes. But do you, mm-hmm. you want to start us off with number three? Yeah, you bet. So I think what I'll also preface with is what I also tried to do. I think these say a lot about kind of like the things that I'm into. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that there are certain. Uh, my kind of the, my those things like are, are various categories that are best represented, I think, by the yeah. by the games that I'm choosing with this. Yeah, I kind of like that. I, the things that I love, right? So if the first one is I like. Um, sometimes I just like fun and a, a little bit of silly 
in the games mm-hmm. that I'm playing, and where I think it can be really lighthearted, and you can just have a lot of fun with it. It doesn't have to be yeah. super deep or anything like that. You just have a good time. Yeah. And the, that one was going to be Brindlewood Bay Cozy mm. Murder Mystery. And I just I fell in love with the concept of this thing, and what I did with each of these is just because I think that they sum it up way better than I can. For those at home that are not super familiar with it, Brindlewood Bay is a tabletop RPG that combines Murder, She Wrote with H.P. Lovecraft. In it, you play as a group of elderly women, members of the local Murder Mavens Mystery Book Club, who help the authorities solve uh, murder uh, murder cases in the picturesque town of New England. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over the course of your investigations, you become aware of a dark occult conspiracy that connects the cases and you eventually have the, uh, to face that conspiracy in order to uh, save the community. So, yeah. what is what is it that's about the specifically that John likes? I think that it's like my oldest loves the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and I'm not super into Golden Girls, but when she's watching it, I find myself walking past like she did with the with the Seven Samurai and be like, "What are you watching? Oh, eh, Golden Girls. Nah, have fun." And I'll, I'll walk by, and I'll, the second time I come by, I'll stop for a second, and I'll watch. I'm like, ha ha, that's funny, that's mm-hmm. funny. I'm gonna go get something to eat or whatever, right? And yeah. then I end up, I end up in, invariably sitting down to watch this thing with her. So the way that I in my head is like playing Golden Girls meets, uh, you know, Murder She Wrote meets, um, you know, just like this little murder mystery, thing, like Monk, yeah, right. Like I really like the Monk TV series, yeah. And so it's really rules light. It's low prep. It's a different role playing system. And that's the other thing I was trying to do is try to like, I, I don't want to just get, I hate to say stuck in 5e because mm-hmm. I love 5e and I'm yeah. not where I, I think we've already established ourselves as not hating on 5e like some folks have done recently. Um, but uh, this one, I think that what speaks to me the most about it is just how I can just see so much fun with the, if the people at the table embrace it for its, the funness of it, and like embrace like the different characters that you can play and really like these not just stereotypical characters but just really fun old women characters yeah i think there's just so much to be had out of that that. it seems like just a great time yeah for uh for a game we talked about this on the show maybe like a year and a half two years ago when it came out right and you and troy were i mean we all loved it we all thought it was cool i think you and troy were obsessed about it Mm -hmm. for a while um and i'm good to it's good to hear that it's still like top of your list of Mm -hmm. like man i love to give this a go that's a good that's a good pull yeah the only bummer is that it's not it is not fulfilled yet yeah they have not the physical fulfillment has not been completed yet it's still yeah awaiting shipment and release right so that's one of the reasons why i have not played uh ran it or played it at this point yeah and i don't think we have to necessarily distinguish play versus run but i think in this instance i probably would want to play in Mm -hmm. this one yeah um because i just want i want to be on the side of the table where everybody else is we're all all collaborating as the the mavens Mm -hmm. on it this seems like it would be a a a, uh to borrow an old personism a hoot hoot and or nanny yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would all go to Denny's after yeah. it was over. I like, I just feel like there's like so much, it's just saturated with, you could just really milk yeah. the, the, uh, the retiree out of the, out of this thing, man. I just like have yeah. so much fun with it. That's cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say on my end, I'll preface with, there are certain games that I'm going to be running first of the year that are not on this list. 
Mm. Most of those games, if not all of them, are because I've already ran them in some capacity, so they aren't making this list. But I'm very excited about all those. Right. Um, so I, I picked three that I don't have a, a like, I, I will run them. I am confident. I am desperate to run them. But for one reason or another, I it's not it is not scheduled yet, and that's killing me, right? Um, so I'm going to start with one that I know is going to make Andrew and a few others in chat happy. Um, I am overly eager to run Old Gods of Appalachia. That's that's um, I mean, it's probably on a lot of people's list. My my book hasn't came in yet from the Kickstarter, so I'm still itching to get my hands on it. But Old Gods is right up my alley. I cannot wait to run that. Cannot wait wait to just read the book. Like that that alone is going to be cool. It's a new system for me because I haven't messed around with the cipher system before. So that's going to be my intro entry point into that whole um on a cook um wheelhouse. And um just the appeal. I always love horror stuff. I like dark stuff, but I also have a special spot in my heart for like backwoods things, right? Um, we talked about how when I ran Vampire the Masquerade, my 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 chronicle was backwards by night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love that that element. Um, so Old Gods is is something that I can see myself running regularly. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, right. It is it, like if we go back to that, like what's I think each one of these choices really do speak towards like part of our personalities. Yeah. And the things that we're into, and so like Lovecraft meets Redneck, yeah, or is. or Hillbilly, and the, yeah. in the in the characters that you play as, yeah, is like Chef's Kiss, perfect. Because yeah. if you've played, if you've if you've played in a game with Zach, there's a really good chance that you're gonna get the same exact sound out of him for a character. It's going to yeah. be a different, it'll be a different character, right? It'll, but be, it'll be the ca- same, it'll be the same grunt and the same like gruff, a little bit of like a little redneck, uh, accent. I love, that is just that's my favorite so type of character to play, right? I love like, it, so It'll man. be fun to have a whole, a whole cast of NPCs. Oh, um, but yeah, I when love, when I we love... played like tiny Cthulhu. Yeah. It's like the first time I'd really heard this character come out and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this is like Cade, a Christopher yeah. Walken type like per- performance where it's pretty much the same character. He plays the same character in every movie, but you're like, you don't give a crap because the character is so freaking good and so much fun to see, like to see operate. You just like you don't care whether or not he's he's playing the same character or not. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I forgot about I forgot about Cade and that one, but yeah, I just I love. Oh man, it's I'm over the moon about playing those types of games. So yeah, and that's actually one of my honor- honorable mentions. Was oh. I love? I would love to play Old Gods for sure. Yeah. Ooh, God Killers. All right, I'll have to check that out. His Mike's reference uh, um, recommending God Killers, right Southern Gothic adult horror RPG. I'm right in. I'm right on board with that. Um, hmm, and cool. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, Craig. I hope like any of these that we're mentioning, like I'll I'll go out right out and say like I've already committed to 2024 being the year of. Zach does more live streams of his games or at least recordings that get put on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so one way or another, um, I really want to uh, put some of this out there. Um, so old gods is my, is my uh, number three, John, what's your uh, number two? So number two speaks to, I love a good cataclysm and a good apocalypse. I love mm-hmm. post apocalypse, uh, post apocalyptic, dirty, gritty, uh, 
survival horror yeah. kind of not just not horror necessarily right. but like uh like to survive i, I like uh scarce scarcity yeah. and uh and like scrambling for resources and like like rations like every ration yeah. is precious and tracked and you have to tick it off and where are you going to get your next meal from and it's not just a simple survival role like in D yeah. like D is like the, like food is everywhere apparently and it's so yeah. so easy to uh to survive out in the wilderness or even in a dungeon um so for me it it, it, it marries uh survival horror and uh zombies the undead right one mm. of my favorite romero tell us, movies tell us this game John, I'm sorry. You... Yes, <clears throat> yes. The Lost Citadel is okay. the one. Right? Okay. See, here I was saying, like, is, are you talking about The Walking Dead by Free League? Like, what are we no. talking about here? No, you're talking Lost no. Citadel. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, some say the doors of the underworld flew from their hinges. Others believe that the God of Dead, the Dead, went mad. Whatever the cause, across the lands of uh, Zaleska, the dead have become the dead with a capital D. Whether human, elf, dwarf, or monstrous gull. Uh, all of the, all must survive the horror of the world overrun by death, where all that's left of civilization has gathered behind the walls of the world's last bastion of the living, the city of Redoubt. So it's this, the the, bait, uh, the things that I love about it are obviously survival horror. It's got the undead. That one of my favorite movies in the Romero series is, um, uh, I think it's Day of the Dead, and how they talked about like that that hell w- had become overfull. Or was Dawn of the Dead, actually, yeah. I think. They said that hell was full, and now the souls had nowhere to go, and that's why the dead walked the earth, yeah. right? When I, as a kid, watching that, I was like, oh, that is freaking crazy, right? Yeah. So this is that same vibe. So it's got that bit. Um, and this is kind of like – this is obviously a s- complete swerve from Brindlewood Bay, right? This is really dark. It is very gritty. Um, and I think there's a lot of meat on the bone uh, – necrotic meat of course on the bone yeah. but uh there's a lot that's that's fun in that i also like the um it's a fantasy setting but i love that it's 5e right like before it is 5e yes, yeah. yep. yeah. and they actually just came out with a new uh a new um uh module for it so i think that this is the first like standalone adventure like a yeah. campaign that they've had for the whole thing so that's one thing that i'd said had been missing yeah the, the entire time so they had a couple of like really small like one shot type things, but not not a, not a full campaign like this. So they got a new book out there that does it, uh, that takes care of that. But I love on top of like the the other stuff. There's like this political, socio political thing that's happening too, where all of these different races are in the same city together. And what happened is the dwarves. This was a dwarven city, mm-hmm. and whenever the dead walked the earth, they opened up their gates to let the living in. And whenever and then they closed the gates. Once mm-hmm. everybody got in, they overthrew the dwarven government. And now the dwarves are all slaves and free dwarves, right? Like an intermingling of the two. And they'd completely, they'd over, overtaken it uh, mm. in these riots and rebellions and things like that that happened because they were angry that the dwarves, I mean, it was their, it was their city, right? Yeah. So there's this socioeconomic thing that's going on and you're trying to figure out what, how the, the dead are walking the earth. There's a little bit of mystery to it. There's just like, there's so much in here that you could do something with and this really, um, that the scarred landscape of the post-apocalyptic vibe. Love it. Mm. Uh, so that's one I would really, really love to play sooner mm. rather than later. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned a 5e thing, so I'm going to do my 5e um, toss-up, which mm-hmm. is, um, I mean, gosh dang it, I want this so bad. Batman Gotham Chronicles. Yeah. 
I'd yeah, I'd play that with you. I believe this is the most I have ever spent on a Kickstarter. Oh right? my. Like that's that's where this is at for me. Like <laughs> it's like the books come in a in a big carrying case shaped like Batman or something. Yeah, like that. right. Like it's ugh, man, I am um oh the Lost Citadel is a medieval game. Yes, it's so it's D and D effectively meets The Walking Dead meets, um, you know, post apocalyptic. Yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. So, so both Old Gods and Batman Gotham Chronicles are RPGs that I backed on Kickstarter that have not delivered yet. So that's part of the reason that I'm itching to play them. And like they're top of my list, but I haven't gotten through them yet. Um, like I'm a Batman to some extent a Batman junkie. There's definitely people that are more obsessed than I am. But um, one of the very first things that I uh, homebrewed years ago and ran a whole series of games for was a um, uh, Batman knockoff in the Forgotten Realms, right? Um, Batman and D&D, we'll say it that mm -hmm. way. Um, and it was so much fun. We had a blast doing it. Um, I have been itching for a Batman game. I think Batman makes a lot of sense for an RPG, right? Because you have combat, but you also have mysteries and solving things. And, you know, you have, um, uh, iconic, interesting villains out the wazoo. And like, there's, there's just so much to, 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 that appeals to me in that space that I think is harder, um, in, in other IPs that have gotten an RPG before and they've done well. So Batman is like, man, man, I'm, I'm all on board. Um, it's, it, it had a weird Kickstarter. I don't know if you remember this, John, but mm -hmm. the Kickstarter for it launched with like season three of the board game that monolith was doing yes. for Batman. And so a weird like, combo. Yeah. So you had like half of the Kickstarter page just talking about season three of this board game. And then like, Oh, the second half of the page was the RPG that um, kind of felt like an afterthought to some extent, but everything that they said in it, well, I got really excited about, and there's probably folks out there who say, well, it doesn't make sense for 5e. I think that it'll work really well as a 5e game um, because all the things that I feel like 5e does well, I think mm -hmm. would work well with Batman. So it's probably not going to be as noodly or as like gear heavy um, in some ways as you might expect, but I'm also just curious to see what they do with it. So, um, they're promising us the PDFs to backers by the end of this year and hmm. then shipping out in the spring, the physical release. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Another one I would happily play. We, I mean, yeah. we did the whole, we did an entire episode. If, uh, go back and go back and look folks of Batman uh, episode maybe batman. more than one batman episode but probably yeah. yeah well i think we did like a series effectively of batman's yeah. Uh, yeah. batman stuff yeah but no I'd, I'd love that i think you're right i think that I'd, I'd be interesting to see if they use the gadgets and gear effectively it's the, that's how they treat magical items yeah in it it'd be interesting right? yeah i'm yeah. i'm i'm very keen um i i think i said at one point that like probably i'm not gonna ever go back to 5e outside of middle earth again and this mm. is the one exception like i love running middle earth and and if i run middle earth it's probably going to be in pit 5e but i think that gotham is the other one um in answer to chris's question he's asking if shark repellent would be a feat or bonus action i'd actually say it's probably a magical item more than likely or an alchemical item that, yeah. uh, that you get it's a it's a consumable it is a consumable yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not reusable sorry yeah 
what's your what's your I say number one as if it's the most important, but but what's your last one here? I'll, I'll say honestly, I'll go ahead and put. This is the one I want to play the most. Yeah, uh, and um, no one's going to be surprised. Things from the flood, hmm. which is effectively the the sequel to um, Tales from the Loop. Yeah. So j- big fat hairy so- shocker that John wants to play that. The fa- the the basic premise is. The loop is closed down. Life is returning after, to normal after there's been this like a like a sudden flood of dark water uh, from an underground facility in this certain area. Weird stuff is is showing up. Uh, it's not like a cataclysmic thing that's happened, but it's it is like a a natural disaster. But it's an un, an unnatural disaster has happened near the flood. The loop they've closed it down, and the big bit is um, this essentially advances the. St- uh, it kind of like splits the 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 timeline and tales from the loop, which is this, this alternate '80s timeline, anyway. Um, and it goes into the '90s, late '80s, yeah. or early early to mid '90s. And the kids, the difference in the play of the in the adventures is that in Tales from the Loop, the kids don't die; they have no right. ch- chance of dying. They get uh, kidnapped, they get maybe imprisoned, or they typically they just kind of get away a teacher yeah. comes around the corner, the sheriff shows up, something like that yeah. happens and they think that saves their bacon. In this though, uh, the stakes are raised. You are now teenagers and college students and you can die. Mm-hmm. And so there, it goes from this very, um, almost like a slight, um, like this whimsical eighties yeah. uh, to more of a, a dark, darker nineties, yeah. which is, like a prototypically kind of essentially what happened with America in the nineties, things got a little bit grungier, no no pun intended. So everything that I loved about tales from the loop is in here already. Um, Simon Stonhog's artwork is absolutely hauntingly beautiful uh, Mm -hmm. and just is incredibly evocative. And as much as I love the eighties, I do love the nineties too. So there's a soundtrack just itching to be played in every single session with this so mm. i really really want to play this i, I actually want i want to run it mm-hmm. like i th- like of the the stuff that's in here i could go either way with lost citadel i really want to play brindlewood bay i want to run things from the flood yeah so that would be a good one to get to do i love that that's a good one yeah um the last one i is you, you i felt called out when you i i knew i was in the danger zone when you're like at the beginning of this episode you're like um oh well you're, it's gonna speak to different pieces of us what we want to play or whatever right and i'm like well shoot um uh lycoma is at the top of my list that's that meat punk rpg Oh wow! That, yeah, <laughs> that we talked about. That does scream Zach. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's like it's so it's right uh, there on my shelf, right? Mm-hmm. So card based RPG, which is appealing to me because I don't see a lot of those. Um, meat punk, uh, you know, body horror, mm-hmm. um, is everything I want. Um, and the the fact of the matter is, Lycoma is going to take just a special group of people to ever get played right yeah. like because i want to play it in person i think because it's a card base and it makes makes a lot of sense um but i want to play it in person i want to use the box set and i want like i want to just get to dive in deep to the the weird grotesquery 
that that game mm-hmm. is going to support. Um, so that's that's probably one that's going to sit on the shelf for a while um, and be at the top of my list for a while until all the stars align and the blue moon rises. All the um, all the weirdos rise. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and then and then it'll happen. So that's a good yeah, one. top of my list. For I sure. like that. That was. I mean, it's not. It's definitely. I think it's a Zach jam, and I think it's and it's yeah. it. It's not something that I'm probably like I'm racing to play. I would. That's a game that I would like to watch played, mm-hmm. as opposed to play it or run it. I couldn't run mm-hmm. it. I don't think. I don't think there's a, a chance for me to be able to run it. But I'd, sure. uh, maybe play it awkwardly. Probably not very good at it. Definitely watch. <laughs> that's a live stream. Yeah, that I'd be down to watch for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm. I'm. I'm itching um so yeah we'll, we'll see um maybe maybe there'll be a case i will say that um um i've got i've been playing oh, i i went and checked out and have access to a really cool basement streaming setup nearby me now mm-hmm. um so there's a possibility that for things like that where i'm like it's got to be played in person mm-hmm. that we could do a live stream of it in a cool way so we'll see That'd but cool. that's kind of that's kind of on the list uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Mike's, yeah, Mike's talking about like the best way to run his preferred way of running Tales from the Loop is by asking yourself what kind of a person you were in high school or school were you listening to. I mean, that's essentially what it was. Whenever I ran, when I ran Tales yeah. from the Loop from my home game, it really like it was supposed to be a four hour long session that turned into two four hour long sessions because the first session we spent two to three hours just them coming up with yeah, like they, how their characters interacted with one another, what yeah. they ate for breakfast, what they were watching on TV that morning before they went to school, the routes that they took, the, the places that they went to after school. And it really it just turned into like nostalgia porn for the first three hours of the game in well, like the most wholesome way possible, by the way. I use that's a pretty that's a harsh term to use, but it really was just like they just it, it was just like this the waxing nostalgia about the things that they loved uh, from the 80s. You and I played um dead halt uh yes a long time ago that had that same attitude for the first yep. little while right where because yep. it's a 90s it, it, it's like an homage uh to the to the 90s and for the first 30 minutes of that game it was just oh and i have a i have a skateboard with you know that's been duct taped with whatever you know yeah. like yeah it's 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 great um okay so yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it's all like it, it's all ankles by the way yeah. nothing nothing's revealing only ankles only yeah i do have a do you have a any you you took at honorable least mentions. one of my honorable mentions do you have any other any honorable mentions you i want have to throw out there? Th- i have i have a couple three yeah. yeah go for it what do you got um uh dcc is in there i've never played a full session of dcc i know yes. how it works and all that but i'm holding out for greg harris our friend greg harris to run He's promised to run me a game, and I really just want to. I've had opportunities to play it elsewhere. I'm like, no, I want Greg to be the to to um, to introduce it. So DCC is on the list. Um, Tomb Punk is on the list of something that I really want to run again and be really excited about. I'm going to wait for the second edition of that though. Um, it didn't make the list because technically I've played it, even though it was the older, slightly different edition. And I know Andrew's going to be pleased about this, but Wrath and Glory's on my list of like I really want to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, and we'll talk about this in a moment, probably, but Dragon Bang. Right on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. So mine's uh, Dragon Bang. 
is, is up there. I did. Uh, you mentioned DCC. That's definitely one. I think I feel like it's not necessarily one that I'm racing to play. I feel like it's one that I need to play. Mm-hmm. I think I need like I. It's something that I, I feel like I need to experience as like this current, uh, like, like the like the community that surrounds it to understand it better and what differentiates DCC from you know, like OSR. Or any any of the other, any of these like the the OSR style games and systems that are out there, and uh, I feel like it's one of those I need to, I need to play. I probably I really enjoy it, but uh, uh, the other ones that I've got in out there are um, I had uh, what was it? Oh, uh, the Last Caravan, yeah. which our buddy Graham worked on. I yeah. really 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 want to play in a game. I do not want to. I don't want to run it. I want to play in it. Uh, and then um, I want to play in uh, Vossen. Uh, I still haven't had a chance to to play uh, in a Vossen game. And then mm-hmm. I think that this is the one that's not a shocker at all. Humblewood. Yeah. I really want to, I want to, I want to play or run Humblewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the main reason being is just because it's so, it's that same secretive Nim anthropomorphic little animal civilization, like mouse guard and things like that, that I just like is my, that's my jam. I love that. I love that stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to play in Humblewood. Those are great it, choices. It didn't. It just didn't make the top, just because. Honestly, the other three are the ones that I feel like I have to play those games or yeah. run or whatever this this year. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm pushing those out there. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of good games being fired off in chat. Um. Gridlock to directly answer your question as best I can. Difference between OSE and DCC. OSE is yes, more OSE. traditionally. Uh, 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 an update to a and a harken back to an older standard of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, it's cleaned up, it's streamlined, but it's going to feel very much like sitting around and playing AD and D um, or or second edition things like that. Um, DCC is more Gonzo, more wild, more chaotic, and mm. more tables, as everyone's saying. Um, and it, it's kind of its biggest claim to fame is the character funnel at the beginning, which is you bring like four zero level characters to the table for that first session and they get put through a meat grinder and the whatever character survives out the other end is the character that you're going to play with for the rest of it. So that's awesome. And yeah. Yes. Thank you for correcting me, by the way. It was not OSR. OSE is what I was thinking about. Between yeah. The two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vascrim is great. Uh, that's a great uh, one to bring up there in chat. Um, Imperium Maledictum, uh, Andrew mentioning the Dragonlance Nexus uh, 5e updated 5e conversion is in chat. That's great. Um, yeah, all of these are fantastic mentions. Yeah, let me th- like, hang on. Chris actually mentioned something earlier that I feel like as a Dragonlance fan, I have got to say. The Dragonlance Nexus folks are really pumping out some good content. They've got they're actually working directly with Richard Knack on a module right now. Again, the the Kazda Minotaur author. Uh, they've also been working on the Champions of Kryn five uh, uh, e translation slash enhanced mm-hmm. edition, right? Which is really good. And they're also t- doing the first four modules in of the uh, the. Um, the like DL one, DL two, DL three, and four from AD and D. They're redoing those from scratch uh, for five E. Wow! And those are going to be released pretty soon. They all look really good, like really great, um, great layout uh, from what I've seen with the Champions of Kryn stuff in particular. I also watched, I read uh, Tesselhoff's Pouches of Everything. So good artwork, good layout, good design, good content. 
So yeah. it's cool that they're they're uh, they're repping out there really well. So that's actually I think that Champions of Crane would be a cool one as a runner up for sure to to run or play that one. I think that'd be a, a lot of fun to run. Fun easy space opera game. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cool ones, but I mean, like my knee jerk is like if you want a little bit of horror and all that, then. I mean, it's not really space. I, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time recommending anything other than the Star Wars game. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really is good. Yeah, it's it's a top of the line. Um, system's fantastic. Um, and it could be very easily, I think, skinned to whatever other yeah thing. Realms of Elgrun, Gridlock. Yeah, absolutely. Waiting for that box set. Yeah, exactly. It's coming. Don't worry, John. It's Ooh, not, on their, not on I'm their excited. shoulders. It's on the manufacturer's shoulders. So hang tight. Um, yeah uh then let's finish out with this sure. sir john um let's talk about what we decided to stream our holiday one shot mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stoked for this one yeah uh so chat based off of what all three of us wanted to play and also what we've heard several people in chat mention over the last year um we are going to do a live stream one shot i believe it's going to be on december 10th um which is a sunday but we're going to do a live stream one shot of dragon bane and we're going to do the adventure that is in the quick start module not the starter set but the quick start module Mm -hmm. um as that uh exploration so we're i'm really excited to run it for these yahoos it's going to be really fun i've did a deep dive into it this weekend and I'm confident it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll scratch all of our itches, I think to do something weird and fun and silly. Um, but also it's, you know, it's got that third party license that's on the table for it. And it'll, we, I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about dragon Bane extensively over the next few years because of that too. So, um, I have not done a how to play for it yet, Craig. Um, it's on my list. I typically try to, for most, 90% of my how to plays, I try to play at least a session or two before I, um, before I do the the video, just so I make sure. So dragon, that's part of the other agenda is once we do this one shot, then I'll put up together a, um, how to play. Um, and that'll be, that'll be good. Um, I think just so you know, I think the how to plays that are going to be coming are Blade Runner is coming. Uh, Pirate Borg is coming. Um, uh, probably a Deadlands one is coming. Those are kind of the ones that are top of the list for for how to play at the moment, at least. So how about this? I'll challenge. I will. I will force myself by promising it in channel, or otherwise it probably won't happen. I'll do. I'll have Tales from the Loop done before the end of the year. How's there that you sound? go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. We, Otherwise, it won't happen. I'll, I'll find yeah. something like something else. Will, something shiny will get my attention, or work <laughs> yeah. will get in the way of it, or something like that. But effectively, like it, the the bulk of it's already scripted. Yeah. It's pretty much ready. It's just a matter of polish and all that good stuff. But that's a, that'd be a really good one. Yeah. We're gonna, so there's quite a few how to plays in the hopper, and um, I think. I, you should see one in December if all things work out. It'll probably be Blade Runner, mm-hmm. um, but there's a slight chance it's Pirate Borg, and then you'll get whatever one of those it's not. Then you'll get that other one uh, first part of the year, and then we'll go from there. Um, yeah. Oh, Girk, I'm so happy um, um, that they enjoyed it. I'm. I think that's a great little module, 
and I'm excited to get to run it. Um, cool. Yeah, kids on bike. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, in there. yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and Mike, I don't want to skip over your comment from before. Mike, uh, Mike suggested that they, uh, Goodman does a um, learn to play DCC uh, online game every Tuesday that you can sign up for, and that would be fun to do. Um, in the next few months, is to get a group of us to all sign up to play the same uh dcc game online would be really fun so absolutely john as we're uh wrapping up here is there anything that you want to mention yeah i'll throw out there that uh if you haven't had a chance to contribute in live and stream make sure that you go out to our discord and uh tell us what it is that you want to be playing pretty soon you've heard a lot of the stuff that zach and i have been excited about but there's a lot of stuff that has come out in 2023 there's so much it's just a glut in the best way possible of games that are out there so what did we miss uh, so make sure that you, you throw that out there in discord uh, or, or comment in, on youtube or wherever wherever this uh, this stream shows up out there but uh, i'd like to, i'm really curious to see what other people are playing too uh so that's really the only thing i'll throw out there actually are we gonna do a tuesday stream this weekend or this week john are you look? I think that one's kind of a toss up at the moment. I think, yeah, I, think, I don't know that we've we've, we've landed on a hundred percent yet. I'm, I'm available. I think it's just a matter of between the stars alignment between the three of us and coming up with a good topic. Yeah. So hey, if we don't see you before chat, um, mm-hmm. have a have a great Thanksgiving. Appreciate you guys. Thankful for. I mean, listen, we're gonna we're gonna sit here and chat regardless of if there was anyone in here or not. But I appreciate that there is a whole host, whole a whole holy host of yahoos and unholy. Um, that that hang out and chat with us um every stream practically it 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 makes it a lot of fun and um you guys are you guys are cool people so anyhow we'll uh if we don't see you in the next couple days we'll see you um john will be chatting with you and we'll see you at pax unplugged in a couple weeks take care all right everybody hey uh take care of yourselves play great games if you know you know and then from me Uh, Be kind to one another. It's Thanksgiving for Pete's sake. It's the holidays, people. People are acting like animals out there. Be nice. Be cool. Even if people are being buttheads to you, be nice to them. Uh, Be the difference. And in the meantime, stay safe.